Welcome to the Servant's Heart Chapel podcast with Pastor Daryl Underwood. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by this week's sermon. Now here is Pastor Daryl. Well, happy Mother's Day to all of you, all of you moms. Yeah. What a great day, beautiful Mother's Day it is. Thank the Lord for this beautiful weather. Some people are dealing with snow on the ground right now. We don't have to deal with that. Thank the Lord for that. Well, I... As I was trying to decide what I was going to preach on today, I figured I would do a Mother's Day type sermon. And as I looked at my Bible, I realized uh, it's been at least three years since I preached on Proverbs 31, which is uh, uh, the the chapter on the the godly woman. Uh, And so I felt like that was an opportune something I should do. It's been too long. There was once a a woman named Elizabeth a long time ago. Elizabeth, I married a man named John and I, and then she soon had a baby boy and named him John after his father. John's father was a stern man, not very affectionate, and often gone, often absent from the family. But Elizabeth was a godly woman, and and, uh, took it very seriously that she had a responsibility to teach little John about God. And so she did. She raised up the little boy as best as she could, teaching him to, to fear the Lord and to love God and to follow the Bible. And Elizabeth, though, unfortunately uh, contracted a disease called tuberculosis and became very sickly. And and she knew she most likely would not live very long. So she really doubled her efforts and prayed. She really felt like God had a plan for her son, uh, a ministry of some kind. And, and so she prayed many nights, prayed for her boy, that God would get a hold of his heart. Well, it came the day Elizabeth ended up passing away. She was only 27 years old. John was still a little boy. And John's dad uh, married another woman, and uh, so he, but his stepmother... Uh, soon had her own kids and didn't care too much about John, didn't pay attention to him, didn't give him any love and affection. And John became very bitter, probably very angry with God and turned away from God as a young man. And and as he grew up, he became a very wicked man, far from what his mother had hoped for and planned for and prayed for. Then came the day where this wicked, this wicked young man who had run away from home as a teenager, by the way, to become a sailor, spent his years on the open sea with, with foul men, living a very wicked lifestyle. But then came the day where John felt something in his heart. 
and he surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. And he gave up all his sin, gave up the sin lifestyle, turned everything over to God. And that man ended up having a great impact for the Lord. His mom was right. God had, did have a plan for John. Because John was John Newton, who wrote the song Amazing Grace. And had, ended up having a large hand in the ending of the slave trade in Great Britain. The heart of a mother. So many examples. I could talk for a long time to store it the story of mothers who gave up everything. Their children. This this uh for beginning of verse ten in Proverbs thirty one, did you know that this is a poem. It's an acrostic poem. It's, it's, it has all the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Each stanza begins with the next letter in the Hebrew alphabet. We, we lose that, right? Because it translated English. We don't see that. But it is. So this, this, this whole message on the godly woman really brings across being the fact that it, it's an acrostic poem so every letter of the Hebrew from A to Z a woman of God is full of wisdom in all aspects of her life from A to Z. So let's let's begin going through this, shall we? We're gonna go line by line. Begin verse 10. Who can find, my Bible says, a capable woman. King James says a virtuous woman. They're both right. The Amplified Bible uses the term excellent. Who can find an excellent woman? That word that everybody's trying to translate means one who is spiritual, capable, intelligent, and virtuous. That's a powerful, yeah, obviously... Kind of makes sense why we're having so much trouble explaining it. We don't have an English word that means all that, do we? A woman of God is spiritual. She loves the Lord. She loves God's word. She spends time in it. She takes God seriously. She takes sin seriously. She wants to follow the Lord. She wants to please Jesus. She spends time in prayer. She understands how important her prayers are, how much they mean to the kingdom. She knows that her prayers go up before God. She knows that God bottles her tears when she prays for her family, when she prays for her friends and her community. A godly woman is capable. She has the means to achieve what God has set out for her. If she needs to know something, she learns it. If she needs to improve something, she does it. She's not so prideful. She doesn't feel like she doesn't have any room for learning new things. A, a godly woman is intelligent, and, and this is just, there's more than academic intelligence, you know. 
Even science will tell you this. There's lots of different intelligences. The ability to read people, to understand what's going on, to understand a situation, that's an intelligence. The ability to know when your children are screaming because they're playing or screaming because they're mad at each other. The ability to interpret the half-English, half-Spanish mumblings of a small child. A godly woman is virtuous. She is moral. She protects that virtue, that attitude. I am not going to go into sin. I'm not going to do what's wrong. I'm not going to even look like it. I'm going to hold a standard, and I don't care what anybody else thinks. That one word that so many translations have such a hard time translating, now you know why. Everything I said is that one word. Continuing to verse 10. She is, who, who can find a virtuous or a capable wife? She is far more precious than jewels. Of great value. More than all the wealth in the world. Verse 11, the heart of her husband. There's some benefits to the husband of having a godly wife. The husband trusts her. She's a blessing to him because he can trust her. He doesn't have to worry about what's going on when he's not at home. A husband, and it says he will not lack anything good because the wife provides all that is good to him. That's another blessing to the husband. And verse 12, it continues all the blessings to the husband that a godly wife provides. She, verse 12, she rewards him with good and not evil. She's not argumentative. She's not selfish. She blesses him with good things and not evil things. And it says not just some days, but it says all the days of her life. Every day. No wonder the Bible says, He that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. What a blessing it is to have a godly wife. Verse 13, she selects wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's productive. She finds she gets raw materials and begins to do things with them. She, she accomplishes something. Verse 14, she's like merchant ships bringing her food from afar away. She goes the extra mile. She goes and hunts for what the family needs. Lately, that's when things like toilet paper goes hunting for it. I never thought I'd be excited in seeing shelves full of toilet paper. It's amazing. The godly wife goes and hunts for that, to look for it and find it for the family. So she's like merchant ships bringing her food from far away. Verse 15, she rises while it is still night and provides food for her half household. 
The godly wife doesn't sleep in every day. The godly wife gets up while it's still dark to start getting things done for the family. She's productive. She's hardworking. She's not lazy. She's industrious. Provides food for her household and portions for her female servants. I don't know if you have any female servants. Now, what does this mean? Well, this the portions here is really talking about delegating. So she delegates. The godly wife delegates. Well, you have kids. You may not have female servants, but you have kids. So a godly wife knows how to delegate because kids need responsibilities. They need to be responsible for things. They need to have a chore that they're responsible for. And if they don't do it, everybody knows it. So a godly, a godly wife, mother, knows how to delegate and, and delegate according to the child's age. And I, I can speak better to boys, having been one. I know boys occasionally need a challenge to do something they don't think they can do. I tried to do that with Cody. When Cody was seven years old, I had him stripped down and put together our lawnmower. I don't know if he even remembers that. But he did. Stripped it down, cleaned everything up, put it together. I watched him. But I would periodically have Cody do things that he had never done before. I know boys need that. I'm sure girls do too. So godly mother knows how to do that. She delegates. She doesn't do all the work. Godly mother isn't a, a slave to the family. She knows how to portion everything out. So everybody plays a part, and they feel like they're a part of something. They're not just passively receiving. They're participating in the household activities. Verse 16, she evaluates a field and buys it. Did you know that? The godly woman, a godly woman invests. She handles real estate. My my great-grandparents I homesteaded in in Colorado Springs. Now, if you remember what homesteading is, homesteading back in the day, a long time ago, the government would give you free land as long as you farmed it. Well, they were in they were in Colorado Springs and they had land, they were farming it. Well, unfortunately. My great-grandfather was a terrible farmer. But my great-grandmother had a knack for real estate. And she ended up buying and selling homes. They even owned a little motor in, which is still there today. She invests. Verse 16, she plants a vineyard with her earnings. So she takes what she earns and she, she puts it into something that's going to help be a blessing to the family. Whether obtaining food or selling it to obtain the family what they, they get the family what they need. 
So she uses her money. The a godly woman uses her money wisely. Doesn't waste it. Doesn't buy a bunch of junk. Doesn't buy a bunch of expensive clothes. Verse 17, she draws on her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. Godly woman isn't weak. She's not a weakling. There is nothing, there, there's this, this idea that Christians think women are weak. And part of that is the verse on the weaker vessel. That's not talking about physical weakness. A woman, she uses the strength that God has given her. She uses what God gives her and doesn't waste it. Doesn't waste her strength. God gives us so much strength in our life. I've known women who have wasted their strength. They sat in front of the TV their whole lives just about watching soap operas by day and, and dramas by night and, and wasted their strength. And now they're old and, and, and sick. And they've wasted it. They haven't made use of what God gave them. Verse 18. She sees that her profits are good. So she's invested and used her money wisely. And God blessed her for it. And she's, she's getting good profits from it. And in verse, verse 18 continues, And her lamp never goes out at night. Godly woman Make sure the family has what's necessary, has what they need. Back in the day, you had to make sure that your lamps had enough oil in them. Or you were gonna, you weren't going to have light that night. When the sun went down, it was going to be dark in your house. You had to make sure you have enough oil. You also had to make sure the wicks were trimmed properly. The wicks. A wick is... You know a candle? A candle wick? Yeah. Verse 19, she extends her hands to the spinning staff, and her hands hold the spindle. What is that all about? Anybody know? Sewing. Yeah, this is in case she was making material to sew with. She was making thread and weaving. So she creates. The godly woman creates. They have a need. Okay, can I make this? Verse 20. Her hands reach out to the poor. And she extends her hands to the needy. The godly woman helps those in need. She's always on the lookout. Years ago, ladies in our church put together bags for homeless women. Had some things in there a woman might need or want or appreciate. And, and they kept them in their cars. And, and whenever the ladies saw a, a homeless woman, they would stop and give them a gift bag. That's wonderful. And we do a lot of things for well, every year. I know Missy I, and, and, and Cheyenne for years made winter caps. Uh, and, and scarves for uh, the homeless. Verse 21, she is not afraid for her household when it snows, 
for all in her household are doubly clothed. I'll take a moment and, and brag on my daughter, Cheyenne. You know, she's she's married now. And they don't have very much money, right? Like a lot of young couples for starting out, you don't have very much money. Missy and I didn't have very much money at all. We had nothing. And uh, whenever Emmett's socks started to get a hold of it, Missy or Shanna, Shanna knows how to darn socks. Do you know what that is? A lot of people don't even know what that is. It's a lost art to darn socks when you when you take a sock with a hole in it and you actually patch the hole with thread. Basically, you re-thread the hole. And Emmett's socks are to get holes in them and Shana's been darning them so they don't have to buy new socks. Yeah? Well, maybe she could teach Karina. <laughs> And because Shana has done that, verse 21, she's not afraid for her household when it snows, for all in her household are doubly clothed. So she takes care of the family, patches the holes, and also makes sure she looks, the godly woman doesn't just think about the here and now, today, she thinks about the future. What, later this year, it's warm right now, right? It's getting warm, it's going to be hot pretty soon. But later this year, it's going to get cold. The kids have coats. Everybody have what they need. Verse 22. She makes her own bed coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Godly woman's all about quality. Not just getting junk, not just making junk. Making stuff that's going to last, going to mean something. I have, we have some quilts and blankets made by our grandmothers and, and great-grandmothers that are just as good now. They stay, keep you just as warm. They've lasted for decades, many, many decades. Verse 23, her husband, another blessing for the husband. Her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. You see... The city gate, the, the gate of the city was where all the, the men hung out at. That's where the business was done for the city, like a, like a city hall almost. And so the, the, a godly woman brings fame and honor to the husband. Did you know that? He can be proud to, to walk among the other city leaders because he has a godly woman as a wife. Verse 24, she makes and sells linen garments. She delivers belts to the merchants. Did you know that? She makes stuff and sells it. She's an entrepreneur. She makes money for the family. Verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing. Strength and honor. Or her clothing. A godly woman's life is marked by fortitude 
and honorable actions. Did you know that a godly woman's life is marked by fortitude to stand against evil, to stand against wrong, and, and marked also by honorable actions? I recently read about a Syrian woman, a young mother, whose husband was killed by uh, a local uh, Islamic group. And she looked out the window of her house and saw that her son was being surrounded by these same guys who had killed her husband. And she ran out there and took her son by the hand and stared down these guys. And they threatened her and pointed guns at her, and she did not move her place. She did not retreat. She stared them down. And the men backed off. And she was able to save her son. Remember a story of that Tom Hanks told when, when Michael Duncan, Michael Duncan was an actor, big, big black man. He passed away years ago and, and Tom Hanks was at his funeral and, and told a little story that Michael had told him when he was a teenager. Uh, Michael lived in Chicago. And I believe I'm correct on that. Um, and there are a lot of gangs around the area. And he decided he was going to join a gang. And one of the symbols of the gang was they, they sprayed a red dot in your hair. That was a sign you were in the gang. And so he came home and he went to sit down. His mom was cooking dinner. And he, and he sat down at the table. And his mom said, what's that? Referring to his red dot. He said, oh, I, I joined the gang, Mom, Mama. I'm in the gang now. Next thing Michael knew, he was on the floor. Mama had him and hit him in the head with a frying pan. And then Mama told him to go... Wash or cut that out of his hair right now and go tell those guys that he's not in the gang anymore. So Michael went and cut it out of his hair and went and told the gang that his mama told him that he's not in the gang anymore. And that was that. And she saved his life. Strength and honor. I remember as a teenage boy, I, I was I, my mom would one day, not always, but once in a while, she would drive me to school, my high school, and she pull and and, and she pull up and, and in front of my friend, I had some friends and acquaintances that were kind of hanging out in front of the school before school started, and she drove me up there to the curb, and I and I got out. Before I got out, I leaned over and gave my mom a kiss, and one of the boys saw that, and he decided to make a big deal out of it. And so he began teasing me about kissing my mom. Well, my mom heard that. And she began to chew him out and tell him that she was proud of her son and then proceeded to ask him, is your mom proud of you? And everybody was like, oh. 
and that kid felt about this big. And he never again teased me about kissing my mom. And every time she, and every time after that, when she dropped me off of school, all my friends would go, "Hi, mom." Strength and honor are her clothing. Verse 25, and she can laugh at the time to come. She's not worried. There's no fear. You don't laugh if you're afraid about the future. <coughs> you don't laugh about the future if, you, if, if, if it's something to be afraid about. You laugh when you have no fear. She knows that God is in control no matter what. Verse 26, she opens her mouth with what? With wisdom. When a godly woman opens her mouth, when she talks, she shares wisdom. The only way that happens, the only way you obtain wisdom is if you spend time with God. That's it. That's the only way. Spend time in God's Word. Spend time in prayer. Verse 26, continuing, and loving instruction is on her tongue. Loving instruction is on her tongue. I have had mothers tell me, young mothers, who already have their hands full, tell me, I just feel like I need to do something for God. Let me tell you this, you are doing something for God. You're providing loving instruction to your children. That is so important. The Bible says, teach a child the way he should go and he will not depart from it. You are responsible for the most important thing in the world and to teach these children to love God and follow the Lord in their lives. That has that can have an eternal impact. You realize that. How you treat your kids can have an impact on their eternity. Verse 27, she watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. The godly woman pays attention to what's going on. She knows where her kids are at, what they're doing. She knows what they're doing on their electronic devices. That She knows what they're watching and what they listen to. We had a rule in our house that when it came to electronic devices, there was no right to privacy. They have no right. I would tell our kids that from the time they were four or five years old. And so there was never any question. We weren't always successful. Internet technology was kind of new. And I thought I had everything figured out, and I didn't. And we didn't control it like we should have. So make sure you have positive control. She pays attention. She knows what the kids are doing. So many moms don't even care what their kids are doing. The kids are just an inconvenience anyways. Verse... 28, her sons rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. 
and give praise to our moms and wives. Verse 29, many women are capable, but you surpass them all. Now this, verse 30, is very powerful, very significant. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. Did you know that? There's so much focus being put on charm and beauty. But according to God's word, neither one of them have very much value. Charm is fake. You can fake charm. And you women know that. And beauty is fleeting. We put so much on it. It makes me sad when I see on Facebook, a woman will post a picture of herself. And all the other women chime in, oh, you're so beautiful. Who cares? I want to know how you act. To me, that's true beauty. How you behave, how you love, how you care for people. Unselfishness. That's way more beautiful than how lip gloss looks on you. Charm is a set of beauty is fleeting. But, there's the word but, contrasting statement. A woman who fears the Lord will be praised. So what's it saying? Don't worry about charm. Don't worry about beauty. Fear God. Respect Him. And you will be praised always and forever, every single time. Verse 31, give her the reward of her labor and let her works praise her at the city gate. Give her the reward. We have a responsibility to our our wives and our mothers to give them the reward that is due to them for their work for the Lord. We honor them and give them the proper due and praise. Praise the Lord for godly women. When God said it is not good for man to be alone, that was a truth. Praise the Lord for that. Let us stand. Thank you for joining us. If you liked this podcast, then hit the subscribe button. Also, take some time to rate us. Feel free to check out our website at ServantsHeartChapel.org, and you can email us at ServantsHeartChapel at gmail.com. Thanks again, and have a blessed week.